At Can't Stop Endurance, we work with runners from beginner to advanced, from rookies to marathon champions. We provide personalized coaching to help endurance athletes reach their personal goals. Whether it is a 5K or a 100-mile ultra, we have been there as coaches and athletes. Coach Kevin serves as the national coach for the St. Jude Heroes program, and I'm Coach Holly, and I'm a varsity cross-country coach. And now, here's Coach Kevin. Coach Holly. What an intro. Here we go. We had a new intro. I got a little nervous about saying my own name. I like the new intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, you know, everybody wants, you know, hashtag more Holly. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. now we have more Holly. In, in the, the intro. intro. <laughs> That's good for everybody. Is it? I think it is. Okay. Mostly. <laughs> Mostly. So here we go. Another podcast. Uh-huh. Episode 15. Is it? It's awesome. 15, 15. episodes. How much fun is this? So Talking much. about running. Uh-huh. Don't worry. So, Boston was mm-hmm. this week. It was. Did you watch it? Marathon Monday. Uh, I was teaching, and I had my phone with me, and I might have been tracking runners on my phone while I was teaching. Yeah, there was a lot of tracking going on, and yep. I was watching the live feed on the internet. Yeah. Uh, so exciting to watch the pomp and circumstance, oh, yeah. and the, the mm-hmm. professionals, and all the side stories, and the human interest stories, yeah. and watch the weather Developed that mm-hmm. day. Yeah, everybody was scared. Scared. What's it going to be? It's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. It's going to be yeah. this, and then it ends up being hot. Yeah, the sun came out, and it's a hot day. But we had that sprint finish in the men's race. Oh, that was crazy. Comes down to the last <laughs> what five steps? Yes, five steps. Yeah, and he came from behind, did he not? Right there towards the end. He, he caught yeah. the guy back. Caught, the guy yeah. made his move at yeah. the top of Boylston, and mm-hmm. the guy came back on him. Yep. And the last five I steps. Imagine. The last little steps of a marathon. Do you know how deep track race. they had to go oh, yeah. to be sprinting? They're already running four forty-five pace, and yeah. then they're sprinting from there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so unbelievable! Painful. And how about Joan Samuelson? She is sixty-one and ran a three oh four, three hours and four minutes. How does she do that? I don't know if you saw <laughs> the age-graded calculator that they ran, where they put your time. You told in me about and, that, yeah. And her time basically ranked her number one in the mm-hmm. entire race. Running that pace at that age made her, that made, that was a world record equivalent human feat. How awesome is that? I have no words for that. I hope I can not run that when I'm 61. <laughs> <laughs> but run. But run and still be consistent like she is. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yes, she was a Boston champion. She was a marathon champion back in the... 80s yeah. mm-hmm. but now at 61 that she's still of course she's mentally tough enough she's just oh, wired yeah. that way oh, yeah but that her body can still withstand the pounding mm-hmm. and the avoid the injuries yeah. to perform at a 304 marathon that's crazy yeah. you know we ran did she run that day with us she did we had that run here locally the and five she mile showed up classic and she was there she's tiny tiny little person mm-hmm. yeah but just so nice and approachable yeah. and look at us we ran with a Badass. Um, we did. <laughs> I think I remember having to like peek over the crowd to try to get a yeah. get a look. Really fun to rub elbows with those people yeah, and is. find out that they're just normal. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, I love that about the running community because one of the things I like to do too, going to Boston, is I follow you know our local people on Instagram and other social media, and I also follow up a couple like Shalane and some of those girls who go to all the races and sometimes run and sometimes don't and Des Linden, but watching just the running community come together at events like that. Like one of our runners sent me a picture of, she was hugging Shalane Flanagan. Right in the airport and, on the way. Yeah. And I told her, I said, what did you say? She's like, I just went up real nice and asked if I could take a picture. I said, I would have gone up really aggressively and gone, 
give me an F, yeah. <laughs> Let's go, Shalane. She's like, well, that's the difference between me and you. <laughs> I said, yes, it is. <laughs> we all have our own style. Yeah, we do. I probably would have scared her, whereas but our friend did not. <laughs> no. But no telling how many people have gone up to Shalane and said that. Right, because yeah. that was her iconic yes, her fist moment. pumping moment yes. at New York when mm-hmm. she realized she was going to win the race. And yes. She let it rip. Oh, man, I, I love it. it love it. So last episode. Oh, people, we have gotten all kind of comments. I got several texts this week. Dumb Runner. Dumb Runner was the episode. Um, I feel personally attacked. Were you talking about me? The oh, answer yeah. is yes. We were. You and you and me, everybody. Because we're all dumb runners. We all do dumb things. Yeah, that episode is, has turned out to be our most popular and the most feedback we've gotten on oh, social yeah. media mm-hmm. and text messages and from our runners that, oh, that was about me. That was me, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It was you and you and you and me and, me. and yes. Holly yeah. and everybody. <laughs> and I think that's why that episode resonates. Yeah. Because it's it's all common sense things yes. that runners screw up over and over again we all do it yeah and some of us have to learn the lesson the hard way over and over again some people learn the lesson and move on and become a smarter Smarter runner runner. Mm -hmm. but if you haven't listened to episode 14 i strongly encourage you to go back and listen to it again again and again and again and take notes (laughs) and i also think it was good because i had a few runners say yes that was about me i know and i'll say yes it is but it's about me too but they also said it also made me feel good like it made me feel bad because I felt attacked because I know I do these things, but also made me think I'm not alone. Like I'm oh, not the yeah. only one who does this. Yeah. Like sometimes we walk around. Am I the only one who's a head case? Am I the only one who doubts myself? Am I the only one who does stupid stuff? And so it made people feel like they weren't alone. Yeah. I think the camaraderie and the suffering and the misery and the, <laughs> the mistakes. <dumbness>. Yes. <laughs> I'm not the dumbest one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so. On the heels of that, I think it's only appropriate that yes. we, we change the tone a little bit and let's move forward talking about now that we've identified what a dumb runner does, mm-hmm. how can we be a smart runner, less dumb, <laughs> less how dumb. can we be a smarter runner? <laughs> the opposite of dumb. <laughs> so let's kind of, let's break down some of the basics okay. and talk about some of those conversations that we have all the time with our runners about things where you need to be smarter about this. Yeah. Let's do this the right way. So... And, Whether, again, and it doesn't matter. It could be somebody that we're just starting with. It could be one of my high school kids. It could be somebody that's training for a hundred, her, you know, his or her hun, fifth hundred miler. Right. We all, everybody's got to think about how to be smart and where, wherever you are, we've got to be smart. Yeah. Great point. Cause it, all these tips apply to you, whether you're trying to run your first 5k or your fastest 5k mm-hmm. or fill in the distance, whatever that race yep. is. So what, what's the one word we probably use the most talking to our runners? Consistency. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's the key. You know, when I looked at our outline for this podcast, I was like, we say a lot of these things, but these are things that we, not, that we have to know and we ha- that you have to keep doing over and over again. And consistency is a big, a big part of it. Yeah. And, and we start with the plan. Mm-hmm. Pick a plan. Yep. And then stick with it and mm-hmm. to be able to, and by sticking with it, that's being consistent. And to do that, you have to pick the right plan. Yes. That's good. That's good for you. Yeah. Not somebody who has done Boston or hundred milers at the plan that fits you where you're at. And fits your lifestyle, mm-hmm. your availability. How much, how many hours a week do you have yeah. to do this? How many days a week can your body stand to run? Mm-hmm. What are your goals? Yes. How, how how hard do you really want to work? Mm-hmm. 
And then you pick that plan and stick with it. Don't don't use everybody's plan. Yeah. Don't now, switch plans midstream. What is good for you is what's good for you. Don't look on Strava or look on Instagram or wherever else you see what somebody else is doing. You think that's their plan. That is their speed. That is their goal. I've got to focus on me. And you stick with that one plan. Yeah. And, and that's a combination of being a little selfish and mm-hmm. self-protective of yourself. I know what my capabilities are. Mm-hmm. I can't do that, but I can do this. Yes. And mm-hmm. I can do this really well over and over and over again, week in and week out. Yeah. That's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Don't be, you know, the fear of missing out. Yes. The peer pressure, mm-hmm. the social runs. Stick with what works. And we can make a lot of that work mm-hmm. if you're smart about it. Yeah. I had a I had a runner uh, reach out to me last week, and he was all upset. wasn't Didn't know what to do because his day had blown up, and he was going to miss his his key workout that week. Okay. And was worried about his goal race that's mm-hmm. coming up next month. Yeah. And I had to. We had this conversation a lot. Missing that one workout it's isn't going to. Yeah. yeah. You're not. Your training plan is not ruined. It's one run. Mm-hmm. You're probably better off in the long run having that easier day. Especially if things are blown up and you're stressed and you might go out and try to do that run and force it and it might be terrible. Yep. And then that's going to make you even more mental about things. Yep. So the smart runner knows that missing one run, you're okay. And if you've been consistent long enough, great. Mm -hmm. That's a guilt-free hall pass. Don't worry about it. Move on. Get to the next run on your schedule. If we really think that was a key long run or a key speed workout or a key tempo run, We'll work it back we'll in it somewhere, out. but yeah. don't force it. Don't don't double up. Don't mm-hmm. try to make it up. Uh, yeah, let us know. <laughs> Be smart. Let us know. And if we think it is worth doing, we'll figure out how to fit, how, to, how to fit it back in. Yep. Uh, you know what else a smart runner does? They seek out the right information. Yes. Right. I do. <sighs> and not what would we call it, Doctor Google? Coach Google. Coach Google. Coach Google is a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Because Coach Google will tell you whatever you want to hear. Oh, yeah. And might tell you conflicting information. You know, you, you hear about this plan over here and this plan over here and this speed workout here and this speed workout here. It's all there. And it, yeah. could, it could be overwhelming. Um, how many times have you heard the, the marathoners say, you know, I, I found this plan. The longest run on it is a 15-miler. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do that. No, it's because you hate doing those 20 milers or, yeah. or the opposite. Oh, you can find anything that. Whatever you want to find. Whatever you want to find. <laughs> so avoid that information overload. There's so much out there on the internet. Uh, on podcasts. On podcasts. <laughs> right. Consider the source. Um, We're good sources. <laughs> we have well, a lot of experience yes. and anecdotal evidence. And yes. we see a lot. So we say a lot. <laughs> So yeah, just avoid that information. Pick pick the right sources. Go yeah. to the experts. Go to go to somebody who's done something. Yes. And done it with some success. Yes. Whether that's a fellow athlete, a coach, yeah. a physical therapist, yes, the guy sure. at your running store. Go but talk not to that person. Coach Google. Mm-hmm. Not Coach Google. <laughs> so it's all about consistency and being a smart, purposeful runner. Every run has a purpose, right? Yeah. Even that easy recovery <clears throat> run on mm-hmm. Monday, right? Yep. There's a reason we're running that easy. Mm-hmm. And then there's a reason we're running that hard on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yep. And um, the rest day has a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why that's why a plan is so important. Because if you don't have a plan, you get up every day and you're kind of at the whim of your mood. Yep. Or, and your motivation. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad combination. Yeah. Right? Because how many days do you really get up wanting to... Yeah. 
go do 12 hill repeats. <laughs> Never. <laughs> right? How easy is it to talk yourself out of that if it's not on your plan? Super easy. <laughs> um, yeah. So a smart runner is consistent and I think trust the plan. You know, you're talking about being smart, purpose, purposeful training, but trusting the coach and trusting the plan. Yeah. yeah. And buy in, you have to buy in. You do have to buy in. If you're, if you're, if you're self-coached and you've got a plan that you've laid out and you've gotten from a credible source and you can follow it, okay, trust the plan and just do the plan. If yeah. you have a coach and you're communicating with them and being honest mm-hmm. and they know what they're doing, they're going to give you the right roadmap. So just trust it. Yeah. Follow the map. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't have to do more. Don't have to go looking for extra credit. Yeah. Just do the work yeah. and trust that it, trust yourself, trust your coach, yeah. trust your training yeah. and it all plays out. Okay. All right. So that's good. Smart running, smart running people, be consistent and purposeful. So another thing that a smart runner does is they take a good look at their shoes and they make sure that they have a a proper shoe. And we always suggest that you go to your local running store, not your local big box athletic store. And you just pick something off a shelf Um, that you go to your local running store and you have somebody there who is trained to take a look at your feet and gives you options saying, I think these would be best for you and a place that will let you run in them, whether it's outside on a treadmill, whatever it is so that you can get a good feel for um, what works for your foot. Yeah. I think so many of us get caught up in the hype Mm -hmm. of a new shoe or the the latest, greatest technology or the shoe that our friend wears that either they set a PR or looks cute or whatever matches Mm -hmm. their hat and we jump on that and you really have to step back because what's the right shoe for me might be the worst shoe yep. for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. I, and you can go online to running magazine and they've got a little uh, survey and you put in all your attributes and how much you run and yeah. it spits out your ideal shoe. Mm-hmm. Eh, okay. Maybe that's a starting point. Yeah. Go to the running store, take that little sheet of paper and say, Hey, it and says, then try, them on. <clears throat> try them on and ask them, give me some alternatives to this. Cause I want to make sure this is the right shoe. Yeah. And they're going to give you some similar shoes, maybe in a different brand. And then yeah. just kind of work your way. Try on, try on However all many. the shoes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> make them work. Make them work. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, your shoes are important. Yeah. And, the smart runner knows that if you're running injury free and you're running well, there's no reason to switch. Oh, no. Stick with what works. I've been wearing the same shoes for over a decade, the exact same ones. Yep. yep. And until something goes wrong, mm-hmm. until they change something I don't like, and it's not comfortable anymore, yep. stick with it. There's yep. no reason to change. And I think we've had uh, we had Doctor Max Paquette in, and he mm-hmm. said, you know, it's usually not the shoe. Yeah. Sometimes, but usually not the shoe. It's another issue. Yeah. So we always say, oh, I tried this XYZ shoe and my knees started hurting. Yeah. Mm. Let's really, really peel that down and yeah. see if it was the shoe or something you did, something you did yeah. in the shoe. Which leads us to the next important piece of gear. The smart runner selects the right proper running sock. Yeah. Man, I've got, it's, my sock problem is as <laughs> big as my shoe problem, right? <laughs> We love our running socks. You have a bunch of running socks. I have a, I have, I have. How many do you have? A lot. Give me a roundabout number. Fifty. Oh yeah, fifty. Yeah, fifty. Fifty's good. No, no. Let's go with fifty. Yeah, fifty's good. Really? Sure. I probably have twelve. Wow. 
Maybe. If you count my compression stuff, maybe a little bit more than that. Oh, I wasn't counting compression socks. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about running socks. The smart runner knows that you need a nice, a good wicking yes. technical fabric mm-hmm. uh, with flat seams. That's why when you go by that six-pack at the big box oh, yeah. discount. Just stay away from the big box stay discount. Away, stay away. It's got the thick seams and, and yeah. the, the thick padding. That padding they're putting in the sock, when you put your whole body weight in it go it's, just a little, it's, <laughs> it's not, not gonna work there's no cushion involved it's good when you put them on but i personally like a good snug fitting tight oh, running yeah. sock that doesn't slide doesn't bunch up yeah uh, and i think that's another thing too like shoes you got to test that out yep. it took when i first started to run years ago it took me a while to figure out what didn't give me um blisters yeah i mean it was kind of ugly there for a while yep. and then i found something that worked and i've stuck with it and I think people are sometimes sticker shocked when they go look at a really good Ooh, pair yeah. of socks because they're used be to buying 18, the, the six pack at the big box store for yeah. five ninety nine, mm-hmm. and they go see a pair of socks for fifteen or twenty dollars. But I promise you, it's worth every dollar. So you have over a hundred pairs of socks. I have a lot of socks. <laughs> yeah, but now you got to remember, a lot of those are cycling socks. I have, oh, right. <laughs> Those are different. <laughs> socks are kind of my thing. I like the socks. I know I like, you do. You do yeah, like the socks. I like the socks. The brighter, the gaudier, the more obnoxious, the better. Somebody gave me a pair of um, turkey socks recently. Perfect. Because, I love because those. you're mascot of your school. <gasps> oh, that's right. This morning I ran in my Darth Vader socks. See, perfect. I love the Darth right? Vader socks. It gives you a little socks. attitude. It did. But here's what's <laughs> funny the sock drawer that is full mm-hmm. of 100 pair of socks. Yeah. It all depends on the mood, which sock yes. do you feel like? But when it comes to a key run or oh, a I race, certain, yeah. I've got maybe three yeah. A-list varsity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on, I got three pair of socks on the varsity team. The rest are just kind of rotate through the yeah. gym or yeah. the bike or the mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Socks. Um, compression socks. How do you feel about those? Now, we're talking knee-high compression yeah. socks, right? Um, I got into compression socks really when they first got popular it's been eight years ago or so whatever when i was doing a lot of ultra marathons Mm -hmm. and i liked them for recovery i I think the the science is out there that shows that that helps recovery by helping circulation yeah um i usually sleep in them after a hard workout um, long run. I usually sleep at the little hugs on my, on yep. my calves. <laughs> I like that. I like when I have to a long flight, I have to travel. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to be in the car for a long time. They make a difference when you get up and get out and start moving around again. Yeah. I mean, I think they do make a difference. I believe in the science, but I think it also just makes me mentally feel like makes I'm doing something. Better, yeah. So I've worn them in an ultra marathon and mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought they've helped support my yeah calves a little maybe they didn't maybe yeah. it was just in my head but maybe, like yeah. you said it worked it worked yeah a shorter race a 5k a 10k I, no we don't need those we, i don't know that they're really aiding performance but if it makes you feel better do it just like your darth vader socks that's right <laughs> those bright green compression socks make you feel faster for that 5k and then put them by on my gosh put them on and yeah. fly that flag right yeah, <laughs> yeah compression socks so Talking about smart runners, going back to the first key word, which was consistency. Mm-hmm. And to be consistent, the smart runner knows you have to do everything in your power to avoid injury. Yep. That, and people always say, well, what's, the, what's the trick? What's the trick to, my, to a 5K PR or a marathon PR? Well, we've got to get you to the start line healthy. Mm-hmm. Stay consistent. Yes. Avoid injury. Mm-hmm. 
And you do that by smart runner, having a good plan, sticking to that plan, because a lot of injuries are self-inflicted because you're trying to do too much too soon. You're running too fast. You're not taking it easy on the easy days. You've got to be consistent and be purposeful. Yeah. Uh, Too much too soon applies to anything. you, You went and bought those new shoes. And you went right out and ran your next long run in those brand new shoes. Yeah. Oh, wasn't really the shoes that hurt you. It was you trying to run too far in a brand new pair of shoes. Yeah. So you get new shoes, take them for a test run. Easy three miles, four Ease miles. Them yep. Ease them in. Don't go do a 12 miler in your, in your brand new shoes. Yeah. Um, and really any transition, when you're transitioning in the fall to trail running, mm-hmm. Ease into it. Don't go do your first long run on the, do your, do that easy three or four or five or six mile or first get used to the trails or coming off the trails back onto the road Mm -hmm. in the spring, uh, too much racing too soon. All those things, just the smart runner knows you have to ease into it. Your body will adapt to just about anything you want it to do if you're patient Mm -hmm. and you give it a chance to take a little bit of the work, absorb it, take Take a little little more, absorb it. Uh, we see that a lot this time of year. Because five K seasons on the horizon, mm-hmm. everybody start to register for their yes. summer series in their town, mm-hmm. and they start doing speed work, and they're they, they try to jump right back into it. Oh. Oh. And they're coming off trail season. Everything's been long and slow. They've been doing a good job with strength, and then they just want to go out to the track and do four hundreds and eight hundreds. And then we get the phone calls: my ankle, my knee, all the things hurt. My hamstring, my, my hamstring, yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. The smart runner knows you have to you have to let your body adapt to that faster running, the more intense running, the higher velocity, mm-hmm. uh, the hill repeats, the track workouts, the tempo runs. The, the stress of a five k you have to ease into that. Don't yeah. don't jump into that too soon. And they also understand this. This is the mature, smart endurance athlete, mature in understanding, but also mature in age. Because the older you get, the more recovery oh yeah it takes Mm -hmm. it's and it's exponential Mm -hmm. right you get you know when you're 20 and 30 you can go hard every day what is that right Mm -hmm. you get into your 40s and it's okay Mm, i I got a foam roll you got to start doing stretch i need to eat a little better i yes i need need to sleep more i need to maybe take a day off i can't do all the workouts had a runner text me this morning about going to a workout and i said have you had a day off this week? She said, yep, take a day off this week. Um, I said, okay, go for it then. Great. So, so recovery is key. Uh, yeah, what what you do between your workouts is as important as what you do in your workouts. And the smart runner knows the, the, the more intense your workouts are becoming or the longer your workouts are becoming, if it's marathon season, more even – hyper focused on what they do between those workouts because every your body has to absorb all that mm-hmm. work and all that intensity so recover people do yeah drink you're, you're gonna you're gonna have to hydrate oh yeah and rehydrate mm-hmm. and eat right yeah. and eliminate some of the junk mm-hmm. from your diet if you want to improve yeah a smart runner knows that it, sometimes you have to do things in moderation yeah one of the things I've learned too, I mean, yes, it's about recovery and recovery is key in avoiding injury. But for me, one of the things that I've learned as I've gotten older is um, doing some prehab before my workouts oh, yeah. that I've got to, if I know I've got a hard workout, I need to get up a little bit earlier. I need to get to the track a little sooner and I've got to do whatever it is, whether it's a lunge matrix, 
leg swings, like I've got to do something to get my body going more than just a mile warm up. And then I jump into it. Like I've got to get there, warm up. Like I had a track workout this past week. Like I did a half mile then I took 10 minutes of doing lunges, leg swings, stretches. Then I finished up my warm up, and then I did my track workout. I, there's no way at 42 that I can just take a mile, do my workout. And so that's one of the things that's helped me in avoiding injury is learning that. And it's a pain. It can be a pain. But it helps me stay consistent. Right. And it that, helps me stay avoiding. It helps me to avoid injuries. And it costs you five to 10 minutes mm-hmm. to avoid weeks and weeks and weeks of pain or an injury. Or, yeah. Yeah. It, it's that prehab is, you're right, it's critical. I know the days that I don't, mm-hmm. I just, I out the door, gone. Yeah. Oh, it just takes me so much longer to warm up. Mm-hmm. But when I take, it can be as short as five minutes yep. and do some lunges, do mm-hmm. some calf raises, do some air squats, yep. just do some things to get my hips opened up, get some blood flow to my feet and my calves. Yep. The run is, it's, it, the difference is immediate oh, yeah. when you, when you mm-hmm. start running. I do, I'm really good about it in the fall because I, and that's how I have my cross country team warm up. We do a lot of dynamic stretching and so I'm great about it in the fall, but once I'm on my own, I'm not the not the best at it, but I've tried to be a little bit more consistent about that because yep. I've learned that it's helped me to avoid injury. Well, and you've made huge strides and improvements in the last 18 months because you've been much more proactive and preventive maintenance and yep. not ignoring those things and um, not ignoring aches and pains. The smart mm-hmm. runner knows as soon as they start to feel something abnormal out of the order. Now, not just, boy, my quads are sore from that yep. workout, but one knee, one, one leg, hip, yeah. one foot. As soon as you hear that, feel that, the smart runner knows their body is telling them something. Yeah. And they need to do something. You need to stretch. You need to roll it out. I didn't tell you this, but <laughs> I ran that 10 miles because Kevin, of course, is my coach. I ran that 10 miles last Sunday. And Monday morning, I woke up. My left Achilles was real tight and in pain. I was like, what is that? Wow. And I'm just now hearing you about are it. Just not, but what I did immediately is I stretched. I got the stick out. I rolled my calf because anything from the knee down, I feel like you roll your calves, it gets that blood going. Rolled the Achilles. I did some uh, calf raises as I was brushing my teeth. I did it again that night, and the next day it was gone. I felt it all day. That's why I waited just to kind of see what would happen, and it was gone the next day. But I feel like because I immediately attended to it and focused on it, it it helped it out. Well, and, and perfect example, you're a smart runner. You think like be. a coach because yes. you are a coach <laughs> yeah. and you, you, you did what I would have told you to do. Yes. Yeah. So high five. No, oh, thanks. Way to go. <laughs> he just clapped his hands. <laughs> and then the smart runner knows that they all have a weak link. Mine is Achilles and mm-hmm. tight calves. Yeah. And I know that if I ignore it when I'm training hard, it will flare up again. So the smart runner knows how to prevent their injuries and they do that preventive maintenance every day. If you know that uh, calf raises help your plantar fasciitis, do them, do them every day Mm -hmm. and the smart while you're brushing your teeth, while you're drinking your coffee, do your preventive maintenance every day to avoid as much as we love our favorite physical therapists. We really don't want to see them in their office. We'd rather see them out at a run. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but I'm okay today. <laughs> yeah, right? And I think the smart runner knows that any time they can get off of the asphalt, yeah. every step you can run on mm-hmm. a soft surface 
helps your running, mm-hmm. helps you prolong your career. I know when I switched from racing marathons into ultra trail running, I was able to run 25% more mileage with less soreness. Yeah. And I think it prolonged my running career, mm-hmm. was getting off the asphalt and doing... So even now, this time of year, we'd like our runners on that weekend long run... Get on the trail. If you can get to a trail mm-hmm. and do that, do it because you'll, you'll, be, you'll be that much more durable, yeah. consistent, mm-hmm. avoiding injury, and able to really perform at your Tuesday or Wednesday speed work because you're not beat up yep. from your long run on mm-hmm. the road. It doesn't have, if you don't live near a trail, if you can run to your local high school track, oh, yeah. do, mm-hmm. you know, run a few miles there, do a couple of miles on the track, run home. Yeah. Uh, if there's a park with a, a path, there's usually a dirt path next to that. Mm-hmm. Get off the dirt, get off, run on the grass, yeah. go to your local park. I know the track is, is boring, but I actually get on the track at least once a week and yep. just, I know, but I usually do a mile one way and then I'll turn around and do a mile the other way, but I like running on that surface quite a bit it's just boring but i like it and it's just worth it it's worth avoiding injury so Mm -hmm. that you can perform and and do what you want to do and the smart runner knows when they start a run uh you know we all have those aches and pains Mm -hmm. but typically they'll warm up and loosen up and by 5 10 15 minutes in you're good and you're running but if something flares up and gets worse during your run the smart runner knows yeah, I should stop. Stop. Wait, mm-hmm. something's wrong. This is, the running is aggravating it. Yeah. I need to stop. Because usually if it's a muscle, it'll warm up 10 minutes into it. And if it doesn't, it could be something a little bit more than that. Yeah. So it's, and it's not stop next week. It's stop right, na- right, right then. then mm-hmm. Walk home. Mm-hmm. And if you know what your preventive maintenance strategy is. Do it. You do it. Or you go see a professional and you get it attended to. Or you call your coach or your local running expert and say boy my foot flared up it feels like this what should i do yeah because the smart runner knows you can't run through that kind of it doesn't go away on itself Mm -hmm. you've got to remedy it and typically if something's changing your gait and making uh, you hobble and limp stop not worth it Mm -mm. you're gonna you're gonna get really really hurt and miss a lot of time on the running and that's gonna set you back to to square one yeah and that's what we're trying to avoid is Mm -hmm. having to start and stop because we're injured the smart runner knows the more consistent you can be yes the better you're going to run mm-hmm. over time. And then I think smart runners seek out training partners, yep. training groups, maybe mm-hmm. not for every run. Maybe no, it's once yeah. a week. Maybe mm-hmm. it's twice a month. Yep. But they know there's safety, camaraderie, mm-hmm. just social. Accountability. Accountability yep. gets you out of your rut. Mm-hmm. Right? If you If you run the same route every day, week in, week out. You're going to burn out. Go find a training group and go run their route occasionally or have get your training partners and say, okay, next week, Holly, you plan the route. Yeah. And we go on your route. And then the next route week you do mine and we rotate. And yeah. it just, just, I think it gets you out of your rut, changes the scenery. I had a runner this week. He's, he's working back towards getting back in shape and mm-hmm. getting his, getting everything lined up. And he said, I had the best, it was on Wednesday. I had the best trail run I've had in years. So well, great. What happened? Because I invited a friend to come with me, <laughs> and the the run flew by. Yep, I, I'd lost track of time before I knew it. We were we were almost done. Yep, as opposed to being stuck in his head and slogging through and feeling yep. bad. And he took a training buddy. buddy yep. with him. I try to at least two two days a week run with somebody. I mean, that's I think mentally it helps too. Yep. And I, and you find that some of those training partners and the groups, um, you know, some of your good friends end up coming out of that. Yep. 
um, especially if you're kind of in a, in a, in a rut, tough season. I know that I have counted on my training partners to really kind of push me through things. Sometimes you need that. Somebody needs somebody to kind of push you along and say, you can do this, get out of your own head and let's go in this run. Yeah. And, and we get a lot of the comments about, well, I'm, you know, I'm shy. I'm an introvert. I don't, if you just show up to a group run at your local running store mm-hmm. or your local running club, probably going to be some of the most inviting, accepting people. Yes. There'll be somebody that'll talk your ear off if you want them to, mm-hmm. or you can just get in the group and just run. You don't have to talk to anybody. Just cruise along. There's yep. no judgment. Everybody shows up and just runs. Yep. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the, of the training group and the training. You partners. and me both. And lastly today, <laughs> smart runners eat for performance. They do. Hard to do. <laughs> because we like what we like. We do. Cheese dip. But boy. Tacos. Da- oh, pizza. Burgers. Beer. <laughs> cookies. Cookies. But the endurance athlete, the smart endurance athlete knows that they need a well-balanced, healthy diet to perform and, and recover. And recover, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's, I think that's being aware of what you're putting in your body, making sure you're getting the enough of the right thing so mm-hmm. that you're not out there searching for the wrong things yeah. when you're starving and mm-hmm. having access to the right things, yeah. avoiding the junk food, the fried food, the soft drinks, yeah. um, overdoing the carbs. Mm-hmm. You can't out, you cannot outrun a bad diet. No, you can't. I think we said that over and over again. Yeah. We, we could go, we'll, maybe we'll go deep on. Yeah. I think this could be a whole nutrition. other topic. I think this could yeah. be a. A, a podcast in and of itself. Let's put that on the list. We will. Not that we're experts, but we have learned no, no, from we, yeah, tips. our mistakes, <laughs> yeah. others' mistakes, runners' mistakes of what is a good meal to eat the night before a race and how to recover. So, yeah. yeah, I think we could do that. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Okay, that's episode 15. Smart running. So, following up the dumb runner with a smart runner. I think everyone should go back and listen to the goal setting now that we're almost into mid-year. Oh, yeah. The goal setting podcast from Mm -hmm. January. I had a runner this week, actually, on her own. Went back and listened to it. It's a great exercise. Updated some stuff, and she sent it to me. I was like, look at you. Yeah. And while you're there, leave us a review (laughs) on iTunes for the podcast. We appreciate that. Tell your friends about it. Absolutely. All right. So that's episode 15, How to Be a Smart Runner. So yeah, as Coach Kevin said, go to iTunes, leave us a review, hit subscribe, um, and you can reach out to us at coach at can'tstopendurance.com. We actually get several emails, questions and inquiries and things like that, so we'll be more than happy to help you out. And don't forget, we're all over the social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as we say around here, Coach Kevin, take us out. Run smart, train hard, and race fast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.